Hello, everybody. Thanks again for joining us, and we would like to apologize because you've once again found yourself stuck in K-Guard. I'm your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher, and we've got another action-packed, lovely episode. We're bringing the heat, even though it's 11... Uh, 11 o'clock at night by the time we're filming this, but we do a lot. (laughs) We do a lot. We're on hustle grind set mode to get you guys the content you so eagerly crave. And honestly... We just love talking to one another. We're, we're Kevin, just, Kevin you know, even had to put on his uh, his fuzzy hat just to make it through the night. <laughs> you know <laughs> what? It's, it's honestly, levity. this is the only like blue fuzzy hat thing I own. And I'm on my Bill's like Bill's Mafia swag a little bit because, you know, we uh, we putting in work against Patrick I Mahomes tell you what, and against the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> this this reminds me of the uh, the old days of the what was it the blue stampede I used to call them or something like that back yeah in the day, now we're just a bunch when, of uh... criminals <laughs> <laughs> hey man you know what I, I I can remember very 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 firmly very very like vividly talking trash about Antonio Brown and how he was discouraging yeah. the NFL and guess what Antonio Brown is catching touchdown passes for me right now yeah. <laughs> Collinsworth is just a, Chris Collinsworth needs to just shut the fuck up though. Like I think oh, even even Bills even Bills haters and and Chiefs fans were thinking like this guy is just not saying a single good thing about Josh Allen for the, the worst, entire time. The worst announcer in the history of the NFL. I do not know how that guy still has a job. He's just such an asshole. He always He's, has been. He's just a when I used to I used to watch him on inside the NFL on Showtime, and I hated him way back then. He's just an asshole. <laughs> And if I I want you to know that if Kevin Gallagher has you on a shit list, you had to have fucked up real bad. <laughs> I don't know because this guy starts off like he'll he'll talk about like AJ Agazarm like I, I love you AJ I love you, you're a great guy fully got, not true but I like, got nothing <laughs> good to say I got nothing good to say about Chris Collinsworth I wish I could preface that with oh Chris Collinsworth did this I just thought I don't even did he even really have is he a Hall of Fame wide receiver i don't know did he even really have a, a he was a, a he was at the Bengals for eight seasons i know that yeah, like yeah like, but he, i don't know did he have this amazing outs like standout nfl career i mean is he even worthy of being in the podcast booth come on chris let's t- let's talk i i want to i want to just i, I get that this is, that. it's well, fucked we'll no 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 i have him up i already yeah, knew i, I knew we were gonna i was gonna force some way to talk shit about this guy <laughs> into the episode. I'm sorry, jujitsu fans, but like yeah. this guy is such a piece of shit. We gotta We're put him get, on. But we got it. so many pieces of shit to talk the about. Guy, we get the this theme w- of the night is pieces of shit. It's gonna so be a lot of pieces of shit. We're gonna, it's gonna get. It's gonna build to a crescendo. Yeah, I want you to know that this guy decked out like like football gear in the football uniform. That's one of the most intimidating silhouettes ever. I'm looking at this guy. Hang on, I'm actually gonna. I'm going to bring him up because we need to put him on blast just because I I think I think if you manage to look this fucking dweeby in football gear like what the fuck is going on with you like how how are you looking like more of a nerd you look like some dude He's, that like snuck his way onto the he field He has looked like a douche for the last 40 years I'm it just it, doesn't, I, like, it hasn't changed it's just His hair got a little grayer, got a few more wrinkles. It's that same douchey, no chin, weird face. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna level with you. Brady didn't look like he belonged in football pads for a while, but you know, then he became the greatest of all time, and so he gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. Like he gets a pass. This guy, he's. 
people are are not bringing up his football cred right now. They're just talking about how bad of a uh, officiant he is, uh, commentator yeah. he is. And I think as sports commentators, because that's what we are, we we got to call him out because this guy's making us look bad. He's making the whole profession look bad. I remember when I was in the 90s, I, there used to be a show called Mr. Show with Bob and David. It was the original show with Bob Odekirk. Yeah, Bob o- Odekirk. Cross, right? yeah. If, you ever, if you haven't seen it before, young, some of you youngins, if you can even find it on YouTube, it was a great, great sketch comedy show. And they did a skit called Imminent Death Syndrome. And it was with this kid that came to play guitar. And uh, he was taking guitar lessons. And like he was, you know, just picking around on the guitar. And they were like, yeah, dude, whatever. And like I guess his parents came in and said, hey, man, this kid has imminent death syndrome. So he constantly thinks he's going to die. And he's not really going to die. He just believes he's going to die. So the guitar player tells him like the professional guard here the teacher tells him well man you're the greatest guitar player of all time dude that's amazing you're you've got natural tonality or some shit like that and really at reality he doesn't even know how to play the thing and then they go into this whole skit where it comes out like a jerry lewis like telethon about kids with imminent death syndrome it's really fucking hilarious if you can watch it <laughs> anyway long story short i think the entire world has been fooled into thinking that chris collinsworth has imminent death syndrome <laughs> therefore they'd have allowed him to uh perpetrate <laughs> and charade as a uh as an NFL commentator for as long as he has. All right. I, so, yeah. Soliloquy over. Yeah, no. All right. Chris Collinsworth, lifetime ban, lifetime condemnation <laughs> from the K-Guard podcast. I'm just, you're for done. what it's you're worth. Done. Just you're like done. pile us on. I feel like being in Buffalo, I want you to know, I think every major food chain regionally in the city has banned him. I'm pretty sure like if he goes anywhere, he's just going to get attacked and the cops will ignore the call yeah they don't need they gotta they gotta shuttle him right out of the airport he's not even the bills are too good this year everyone's too on edge we're the kings of the division and it's uh it's everyone's on edge we don't need this guy throwing his toxic bullshit they just smashed kansas city last night smashed him wasn't even close in like the game of the season they crushed him yeah former former that was that was a super bowl team they just Don't, rolled over, you know. Then my Rays lost two in a row to Boston. That makes me oh, sick. sorry, man. <laughs> I, I almost canceled this. I was so distraught. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> but here we are. All right. Well, then let's just let's just bump it right on over to let's some jujitsu. Uh, brief brief shout out to friends of the show. Your allies and ours in the fight against looking like a piece of shit on the mats. You know, we're talking about no judges needed. Your one-stop shop for all of you, your jujitsu slash MMA apparel from rash guards, fight shorts, uh, to casual wear like hoodies and t-shirts. You know they got you looking on fleek. I think that that's still cool to say. I'm pretty sure we're good there. On fleek, yeah. Uh, Jiu-jitsu owned and operated, so you know if you're buying from them, you're reinvesting in the community we all know and love. So go on and show them some love. You know, deck deck yourself out in time for the holidays or the jujitsu. Do or do that in your life. Go get them some gear. Nojudgesneeded.com. We That's need to come it. up with a new. We're gonna come up with a new promo code. We gotta come up with something for those guys. Yeah, let's we just get let's get, get him on. I'm I'm happy to throw people his way because Tr- Trinity the, I, BJJ <laughs> will get you a discount for right Trinity now. BJJ. Chance. Yeah. That's my gym's promo code. Yeah, or or where's Kevin's rash guard forty nine? That's <laughs> it. <laughs> or you could just send me fifty bucks. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> just send fifty dollars care of Kevin Gallagher. Just Gallier. send me fifty bucks. 
and we'll just call it a walk. He's going to send you an email back saying to expect your rash guard soon. Yeah. Ignore that. That's spam. They can put that in the spam fold. I'm really I, – this is it's just – this. it's reminding me that I just need to get back – I hey, need to get down to Florida. Hey, Kev. <laughs> hey, Kev. Yeah. Nice hat. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about Polaris, huh? How about that? Uh, it's an event that you really wanted to talk about. Uh, the boy down under, Craig Jones, had a standout show. But uh, any other matches on the card really uh, grab your attention that you'd want to talk about before we get into the main event? Yeah, you know, I I was kind of peeking back and forth at a couple matches. I was sitting at the beach. Um, you know, I wanted to talk about Polaris not because I thought the level of jiu-jitsu was that much more outstanding than any other level of professional jiu-jitsu I've watched because, like, I am still of the opinion sometimes that professional jiu-jitsu is an arduous task to endure. And I hate to say that out loud, but it's just the facts of it. And this has come from someone that loves and cherishes jujitsu. I think the things that make that, that separates professional jujitsu competitions from one another are the intangibles, uh, the announcing, the production value, uh, the platform they're shown on, all the things that really separate one from the other. And I just think the Polaris, from what I saw of Polaris this weekend, it really seemed to me like they had their shit together. Um, yeah. I still think Fight Pass is the best platform for an event. I think their events have been kind of lacking lately. I want to say I love Sug, but it just it's getting we're gonna talk about that later. It's getting yeah. a little ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I liked. Uh, love you, Mason. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I loved uh, the announcing was very professional, and and even more than very professional, it seemed very unbiased. I think a lot of times when you watch the WNO, it's very obvious that they have their favorites, and it's just. They're trying too hard to make it exciting. Um, yeah. They're, they're, you know, they're getting too, oh, oh, oh. like, I saw a very professional announcing through the Polaris, very calm, centered, uh, intelligent announcing. The The production value was awesome. The, 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 the head announcer, the guy that was calling everybody out, the showstopper guy, I can't think of the word for it. He was awesome, you know? Yeah. Fight, uh, you know, uh, Fight Pass is where it's at, man. It's still the best platform for for viewing fighter footage, and I think Polaris is by far the best show out there right now. Yeah, I, I, I think we're getting to a point where we're we're, we're sort of reaching a, a plateau with regards to the the different quality of, among the the different major promotions, and. That does worry me a little bit, but it again, Polaris is Polaris is a solid event. Uh, I don't really think. I mean, uh, hang on, what was it? Was it Polaris? Yeah, Polaris squads. My favorite match of all time, and I mean this. My favorite, and this is I'm biased, but my favorite matches of all time was Polaris squads with our boy Dinu Bukulet hitting the inside guard Ezekiel choke. Ezekiel choke because everyone was sort of just in a trance as it was happening, like, nah, that's not going to go. And then it opponent just completely knocked out, and the guy walks off. Like, stole the show. Incredible. Like, I, it's the first match I was out of my seat for. It's the first jiu-jitsu match I got out of my seat and started jumping around like a little girl. So, so far, Polaris has a... A notch on my, uh, a notch on my belt that no other promotions managed to hit quite yet, you know. Although uh, uh, Vinny Magalesh, uh getting his leg broke does come pretty oh. close. That was rough. You remember that? That was, that? A, that was a rough one to watch. Yeah. I just, 
I just think if we want to talk about the complete package, something that as someone that has never seen a jiu-jitsu event before would sit down and watch a Polaris event, I think it's the most polished uh, thing we've seen yet. I think Kasai was pretty close. Yeah. I, I think it's the most overall polished, uh, uncringy uh, jiu-jitsu, professional jiu-jitsu event I've seen so far, and I think they did a great job with it. And I'm excited that COVID is taking a, a backseat and allowing these guys to be able to put these shows back on again. Yeah. I, before we get into the, the main event, uh, we, we also should talk about the co-main, Kendall. Uh, phenomenal performance as well. Um, yeah, I, I all these different rule sets kind of reminds me that, like, I, I know 1FC, I don't know if they still do, like, grappling uh grappling matches on their cards but i remember that was where uh uh, gary tonin first competed for them was in a grappling match like on one of their mma cards what rule set were they using like were they using golden point like i don't even remember i don't even remember either i I assume (laughs) it was some form of uh submission only polaris was doing submission only with a ref's decision and there was some kind of criteria i don't remember what the criteria was but it's whatever they decide to put the criteria together. And that, that makes a big difference. Yeah. In a submission only match, what the criteria for, uh, for the judge's decision is because a lot of times you don't see submissions in a, in a 10 minute match. It yeah. doesn't happen. There's not enough time to develop it. Now you fa- you famously uh, repeated the net worth of the UFC, uh, on the last episode, how, and this is a, this shows a lack of faith in my, in our own sport, I, I suppose, but how, much do you think that that net worth would immediately plummet if on a major ufc card like uh numbered ufc event they just had a grappling match on the on the undercard (laughs) (laughs) they just they just had uh uh aj agazarm versus oh you mean on like a ufc event or uh... yeah they had a like a ufc card but they did a a one FC thing where they just I don't had a say, grappling. I don't match. want to say it's never going to happen because I don't think it'll ever happen. <laughs> but it's, it's just there's no benefit to Dana White to do that. You know, he doesn't. The reason why One FC and some of these smaller events do that is because they're trying to attract a new market with some kind of a gimmick. That UFC doesn't need to attract a new market because they are the market. They don't need gimmicks to bring people in. You know, I say that, and then they do some shit like the BMF fight or whatever the fuck they do. But oh like, yeah, <laughs> they don't need they don't need gimmicks. Apparently, they have enough of a organic or you know diehard fan base that they're cool with what they just need to do what they do. If it ain't broke, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, I know exactly like two people uh in jiu-jitsu that mainly watch jiu-jitsu matches and don't really care about mma like but in the bigger conversation about how how much of the jiu-jitsu loving population are also huge mma fans like how many jiu-jitsu purists where they're they're just getting excited for kasai and Polaris squads and submission underground. Like, There's, is that a is that a noticeable number? No, I mean it's a noticeable number in the jiu-jitsu community at large, but I don't think it's anywhere near what the UFC does. And and the biggest thing of it is is that you know Brazilian jiu-jitsu. As much as I always want to say this, and I love I love my professional Brazil. I love my professional athletes. I really do. I'm so happy that they have a platform to do their sport and get paid to do that and be able to travel and have fun doing that. It's amazing that we've grown to this point. I just don't see a world 
where professional jiu-jitsu becomes anything more than a sport that people that love jiu-jitsu go to watch. And I think they do it sometimes like just because they feel like they're supposed to. I'm, I hate to say it. I don't know, but I'm also get bored watching goddamn MMA fights most of the time too. Like if I go to watch an MMA event, I'm super stoked and I get a couple, couple beers in me. Then by the end of the minute, by the time the main event comes around, I'm always like, Jesus fucking Christ. When the hell can we it's, get out of here? All right, now? guys, it's 1230. Yeah. <laughs> Way past my bedtime. <laughs> I don't even give a shit. You know like, what's fun though? I'm like, is, we waited is, this long. I'm going to stay, but I really would rather just go home. You know what's fun though is, is the, the cards that take place, you know, places where time zones allow for you to like have, oh, yeah. uh, like catch a fight at seven thirty. You I'm know, Matt, I'm all about it. Hell yeah, <laughs> I'm old now, baby. There was, I, like, I haven't caught a, I haven't caught a one FC live in a while, but like in college, there would be times I'd wake up on a Saturday, and it's like it's like Saturday morning cartoons where I'm like, oh, I woke up just in time to catch the main event on a one FC card. Hell yeah. Right. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, you want you want to talk about the man and co-man real quick? Yeah, man. You know i I missed the Kendall rushing match because I didn't had my phone out in time and I was out in the water and I came back and put it. I was literally laying under. The only reason I watched it is because I was at the beach hanging out. Yeah, I had my phone and I was like, oh shit, let me turn my phone on. And I was like, oh shit, Polaris is on. I got a little reminder. It said Polaris starts now. And I was like, oh, let me watch some fucking Polaris. So I laid underneath a a beach gazebo. I mean, a lot of people. I I I caught I caught the highlights, uh, and I I will say it 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 was a little bit more of an exciting uh, finish than the main event. No offense to Craig, because that, that she did great. well. She did well in the uh, WNL last weekend too, right? Or two weeks ago, didn't she? Yeah, I think she beat, I think she beat Aaron in the her and Harper in the first round. I think she did. Yeah, no, it's uh, Kendall's definitely one to watch. She's just she's always game. That's 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 definitely something you could say about like this whole crop of like the the top females in the sport right now. Oh, they're, like, they're, they're, they're really tough, running there's through some it. Tough female girl. There's some tough female grapplers out there, man. There's some really tough female grapplers out there. Yeah, no, I uh, I just last week didn't she didn't she beat Gabby too? Didn't didn't she beat Gabby Garcia? Kendall Russian didn't she do go well against Gabby Garcia? Kendall, um, I, I don't remember. I don't I know they've fought a bunch. Um No, I think I think that the their last uh their last back and forth was at Fight to Win 142 and uh, it's, it looks like Gabby uh Gabby beat her there, but you know, obviously game opponent like if she's continually going up against Gabby Garcia, that's Yeah. That's no joke. Uh the 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 Craig Jones match was Yep. Marginally entertaining. It didn't seem that Davi Ramos was interested in really engaging in him. And there was a couple odd situations, uh, a couple weird headbutts from Davi Ramos getting a little bit too rough, kind of yeah. kicked Craig Jones in the face. And then there was a really weird that, that went off the match yeah, with the scramble. Was just a, yeah, a classic, classic uh, argument over the restart position. Two guys on, and I won't say it's a Brazilian thing, but it's kind of a Brazilian thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, both guys unwilling to to give on this restart position. Um, you know, I guess David Ramos was kind of right. Depending on when you stop the action, 
he didn't want to sit back into his guard with his feet up in the air as Craig Jones kind of had him when time stopped. He really had his feet up in the air, and David Robbie Ramos' back was on the ground. He wanted to start up in a full butterfly position, and he was just going to stand right up again, and Craig was arguing with that. And then eventually, after about three minutes of back and forth, Craig Jones was just like, whatever. I'll just start on my butt. I don't care. Let's just move this thing on. And you could tell it really caused some shit. And then Craig really came after him hard based upon that. But again, Dobby didn't want anything to do with any of his guard. He just ran away every time he converted. Didn't really do any significant guard passing. He dove mm-hmm. for his little um, arm bar dive thing that he submits a lot, a lot of people with. And that was about it. Yeah. I mean, do, do you think – Craig's game has, has changed at all since like the the DDS split and like the B team move because it, it feels like he's just uh I don't know I was I was kind of ex- I was wondering if we were gonna see different stuff from him you know I, I I got the sense that he everyone was gonna be changing it up a little bit but you know if it, if it works I mean I don't Jeff's Jeff, Craig Jones's game is definitely way more d- dynamic than it was, you know, three, four years ago, three years ago. He's definitely yeah. more. He definitely, he was definitely just a strict leg lock guy for a while. And now he is adding more back takes into his game. He's become a much better wrestler. Yeah. He's become a much more complete grappler, which is what you need to do to compete at the highest levels anymore. There's no such thing as being a one trick pony. You just can't do that anymore. You have to be able to be well-versed in all aspects of grappling to be able to compete at that level. (laughs) And Craig Jones definitely has that game. I just really believe that Davi Ramos didn't bring out the best in him. If it was a points match, it would have been a different scenario because Davi would have had more, more, um, you know, upside to working harder for positional dominance Instead, he just kind of sat there, and then yeah. every time Craig tried to engage, he ran away. It's it's a it's definitely a weird situation, but you know, props to both of them. And again, solid event. Really, just uh, I think Polaris doesn't really get a lot of it. Uh, Polaris never seems to get any attention for bad events. You know, no one ever really calls out you know subpar showings. Like the things usually clip along pretty well. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping we get to see another squad soon. I, ca- I can't remember if one got announced. Yeah. They, they oh, wait, did, no, they one did, is announced. They, yeah. they did. They announced another team. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. but I it think was it's Richie, Richie, you know, the Richie and Boogie are, uh, or Geo and Boogie are on it, I think. Like Team America, yeah, Team Europe again. Team America, Team Europe thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's cool. I, I just, Polaris is not really getting the – Maybe they will in the future. Hopefully, it gets more more claim, more clout. I don't know why it wouldn't. Everybody wants to go to Austin. I I I, I fuck. I want to take a trip to fucking London. Hey guys, you want to put me on a show? I'll love it, dude. <laughs> what do you want? Nothing. I want more to take a fucking free four day trip to London. Dude, we, you gotta go. To you London. gotta go hang out with our our guy Freddie V. You know, Freddie he, v, he just yeah. Fred Fred uh, Voskruner. He just he had his MMA debut. Uh, if you remember. Big blonde guy. I don't know if you remember. Oh him, yeah, I do. I do. From remember. Germany, yeah, learned yeah, learned yeah, learned MMA yeah. from a video game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. He yeah, he had cool, a he, he had to cool. finish. Hey, Freddie, come back on the sh- come back. Yeah, you know, we're Freddy's we're doing a new thing now. We'd love to talk to you. I'll beat that. the I'll beat you in UFC Undisputed Three. How about that? It's <laughs> <laughs> the only time I could beat you up. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Oh man. Hey, so do you want to? What do you want to talk about? We got we could shout out Russell Brand real quick. Did you hear Russell about him? Brand? Russell Brand got his purple belt. Yeah, 
Good I still want to like. I still want to like that. Like that guy. It's tough. I just can't. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. I love the guy, but he's just any anytime these people claim to be these uh, spirit gurus. Spirit it's gurus. Like, it's like, usually bro, Fugazi. Yeah, you're just some actor that quit smoking crack. <laughs> yeah. But hey, listen. You know, I mean, but listen, like that's that's tough. That's, that's tough. a tough journey. Yeah. I get it, but it's just ugh, I don't. I, I just feel like I feel bad. I just feel like it's someone that spouts madness to people that aren't that intelligent. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, Jesus Christ. Am I going down that? I apologize. Sorry to anyone out there that thinks Russell Brand is uh, the Messiah. Yeah. So we could <laughs> then it looks like we're going to be talking about some of the, the, the more controversial news. Uh, and well, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about. um the big fight this weekend. Let's talk about it, uh, then we'll get to that. I don't want. I want to save that for the end because I don't want to get too pissy before we forget to talk about uh, Tyson Fury. Deontay yeah. Oh, Wilder. geez. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't even think to bring that yeah, up. I in forgot. The yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought one we talked the, about that. I wanted, I one of the. It's being called one of the greatest uh, heavyweight boxing matches in a generation. Uh, Tyson Fury cementing his play. He didn't need to cement his place. Re-cementing his place in history as one of the greats. Absolutely uh, going to war with Deontay. Deontay Wilder. Uh, gets knocked down twice. It's a it's a vicious 11-round uh, slog. But Tyson Fury, like the Undertaker, just keeps getting back up. Uh, Flatlines Wilder in the 11th. Uh... Yeah, leaving everybody just out of their seats. What a fight, you know. It, you know, I Kev, I've yeah. been watching. I mean, I came up watching boxing. I've been watching boxing since I was a kid. I've been watching boxing for probably 35, 40 years. Like, no shit. Um, I can remember some of my fondest memories were watching old Sugar Ray Leonard fights and and Mike Tyson fights when I was a kid with my dad. You know, on HBO, I used to put on HBO. It wasn't even on pay per view. It was on HBO, and um, this was unquestionably one of the best heavyweight fights I've ever seen in my life. Um, I still believe that the the quality of boxing in the heavyweight division is nowhere near what it used to be in its glory days. I mean, these guys are all. I mean, Tyson Fury is the closest thing to a true boxer in the heavyweight that we have anymore. Everybody else is just kind of like one trip ponies. They're all power shot guys and they try to throw the big bombs. And I feel like, I mean, I feel like Ruiz is another one. Ruiz is like, he's a little bit more of a, of a strategist. I think Joshua doesn't get enough credit for his, I mean, obviously this is coming from a very, very uh, neophyte boxing fan. Like you don't trust my takes on this. Going to fully tell you, I'm just telling We'd be remiss if we didn't bring up what an absolute banger that fight was. Oh no, I mean, don't get me wrong; it was an amazing fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm prefacing it by saying I just I'm just don't like that the trajectory of professional boxing in general right now. I think these guys are just ugh, I don't know; they're not they don't really box anymore. I think it's just the whole societal thing. It's these guys are getting paid too much money. It's a different game. It's a different world. Do you think the same could be said about like? Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about the heavyweights, but what what about guys in the lighter divisions like Canelo? You know, you think do you think that box pure boxing still exists there? Yeah, yeah, I think so. The heavyweight division is a little bit different phenomenon, though, and I think that maybe Deontay Wilder is is the exception to that. I think Deontay Wilder is is, is kind of what's really causing that oh, flip yeah. because Deontay Wilder is 100 percent 
a one-trick pony. He throws that big overhand right. Your goddamn, is it not just a death touch? If he well, hits you with that thing, it's done for. I mean, like, hey, is it is it his fault if it if it works? No, <laughs> not at all. Nothing at all. I'm just I'm giving a blanket analysis of what I feel like is happening in the heavyweight division anymore. However, like this fight was amazing. You know, you had 100. You had two guys that were attempting to solidify themselves solidify their legacy and cement their legacy as the greatest heavyweight fighters of all time and they would have they both Tyson Fury has a very legitimate claim to that throne at this point and if Deontay Wilder comes back after a loss to Tyson Fury and regains the heavyweight title and then becomes a linear champ um he can say well you know what Wilder got me once I I went back and uh and avenge that loss, and now I stand on top of the world, and he goes on and fights um, the other guy, Anthony Joshua, and hopefully beats him. Um, so both of these guys had that drama, and you could tell that from the start. They both came to fight for the whole damn fight. Yeah, this this was definitely the best version of both of them that we'd seen, you know, because a lot of people saying their first match, Tyson Fury coming off a lot of personal uh, personal issues and demons that he had to uh, that he had to put away. Uh, a lot of he himself and his father admitted he came in uh, a little underweight, under muscled, and saying that made him a little bit more vulnerable to, you know, the that that droppage that everyone thought was the end of their first match. And I think him standing up that way that was what made us care. <laughs> About like the, the rest like the of Undertaker. The, that was the thing that was like, we need to see this twice again. Yeah. We need to see this two more times. Although, after the second fight, I think a lot of people were just going, I want him to just fight Anthony Joshua now. Yeah. Like, I want him to be able to go fight Anthony Joshua. But uh, still, Deontay Wilder did enough to deserve a rematch. He's, he was Oh, definitely. Four, it was a 40, 49 wins with 48 knockouts or some crazy shit like that. 44, 43 years. It was something insane. His knockout percentage was It was nuts. a lot. And you know, granted, this time he didn't make any comments. I, didn't, I think after the second one, a lot of people got sour on him because he kept saying, like, oh, his gloves didn't have padding. Yeah, and also right. my suit was too heavy. Yeah, so, yeah right. There's no, none no of that this time. None of that this time. No excuses this time. You know, it was the classic example of Deontay Wilder is very accustomed to being the bully and being the strongest man in the ring. And there's not, he throws that punch and when he hits people with it, they just crumble and he's very used to that. And he finally came against a guy that was bigger and stronger and more physical than him that he could not demolish with that one punch. And, you know, he couldn't, he didn't know what to do. And it's no testament that, you know, the, it's, it's a very big testament to the mental toughness of Tyson Fury. Because you have to know that Tyson Fury knows he's going to get hit in this fight. He has to recognize the idea that he is, this is a war of attrition. This fight is going to be a war of attrition. Um, Wilder came out with a great game plan. He started working off of his jab, which is something we'd never seen before. He, and it was just in his early days, he were talking about the announcers were talking about the fight, how he got back to his fighting off of his jab is what he did. Helped him to win the bronze medal. He was a very more, more a little bit more dynamic of a boxer in his earlier days. And he just started throwing that big two because he figured out what would work. So he started working off his jab. He was getting Tyson Fury to back up and working around. Unfortunately, that type of movement takes energy. 
And what happened? Wilder got tired. And Fury started to capitalize on his tiredness, started to pull it. Every time he went up in the clinch, he would pull his head down under his arm and just get him tired and wear him down and be the bigger man. And throughout the course of that, like Tyson Fury was getting pummeled. He got hit so goddamn hard. I think in the fourth round, he went down twice. Yeah. And with shots that would just murder anybody else. Everybody else is dead at that point. He gets back up and keeps going. And then in the 11th round, he was fresh as a daisy. 10th round, he was fresh as a daisy moving around and just ended up you know, breaking Wilder's spirit, his championship heart, man. He's got even in that side, Kevin, I'm talking too much. No, even no, that, I, you're the, you're the guy with yeah. the, the real striking experience. I want to hear your opinions on even this. this is the one thing that I thought was probably the most amazing moment in the entire fight. And it was just such a, you know, as much as I want to say this and that, I cannot, as much as I want to say how great Tyson Fury was and how amazing his game plan was and what a true, true champion he was and how he fought that war of attrition. He knew coming into his fight, it was going to be a long fight. He wasn't going to end this fight early. There's no way he was going to do that. Tyson Fury, Dante Wilder wanted to win, and he is a great champion. He knew he was going to get clipped. He knew bad things were going to have to, ha- were going to, have to, ha- were going to happen, and he was going to have to live through that. And he got to that 10th round, and he clipped wilder hard put him down like we, everyone was like oh this is it wilder is done he had about a minute left in the fight and he had to get back up and for that last minute man wilder really showed the heart of a champion it was so so impressive he came back he had tyson fury pretty seriously hurt and i really believe that the 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 bell saved tyson fury in that 10th round but unfortunately coming into 11th Wilder just had nothing left in the tank. He was already broken. He had already just got pummeled by Fury, and Fury was fresh as a daisy and came out and outboxed him and eventually put him away. It was just such an amazing, dramatic fight. It's the thing that that we really love to see in professional fighting. Unquestionably, one of the best heavyweight fights of all time, and I don't care what anybody has to say. Yeah, this is one that's going to get replayed a lot. It's... It, it's a lot of archetypes getting boiled down, the back and forth, the storyline going in, what's on the line for both of them, uh, where they go from here. I think Wilder soured it by still kind of being a little bit of a prick at the end by saying like I don't, I don't want to shake your hand and all that. that yeah, they, they don't, they don't like each other. They, they, they you could see it stand. How do you not like, like? That's the thing is, how do you not like Tyson Fury? Like he just wants to tell you about Jesus and like be a big old cartoon character. He looks he looks like a guy modeled for Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Genuinely, yeah. like a twenty honestly, foot tall, big old weird dude. <laughs> I don't know much about. I don't know much about this fight to be honest with you. I didn't even know they were gonna fight this weekend until I saw the weigh in on Friday night. So it I did, slid I did, under the radar for a while. Radar, it was right. like it was a real stealth thing, which I thought was kind of interesting. So I don't know the hype. I don't know why they hate each other. Who was talking shit to who? I don't know any of that shit. But they, yeah. apparently, they did not like each other. The pre, you could see the anger and the ferocity in their eyes when they had the post-fight introduction. Yeah. And I don't even think they shook hands before that. Yeah, I think it, a part of it stems from the the fact that Wilder knew he got like in the mind of everybody he got beat three times. You know, yeah. it's not a draw and two losses. It's you you lost three times. But well, even the it, first one was close. It, but it was closer. But like no one was 
the, 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 no one was happy with that decision. No. You know, if you, if you, I can easily take my mind back to that moment, to those days, and remember everyone just going, you robbed us of, like, this ultimate come-from-behind story with Fury and, like, his his battles with depression and, like, substance abuse. And it, obviously the fact that he did what he did after all of that, like, first fight after a mental break, and it's a it's a war where you get up like the undertaker the undertaker yeah. is is saying you're the undertaker like and that was shit. the first time that we've ever seen someone get leveled by a deontay wilder punch and get back up again yeah like it was uh like it was not, like it was hey this is what i do and then yeah. you could just you could see the look in Wilder's fight face after that knock. Literally, he's like, "Nah." Turn around, his hand up in here because like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the world is dead after that punch. And like he's he's professional, like he knows when he's got someone on the button. Oh, you yeah, know, like you I would around. imagine, like oh that, like the minute it connects, you're just like, uh huh, yeah, that's that's it. And he thought he thought just like everybody else, it was done with. And he turned back around. And you could just see the defeated look in his face, and yeah. that defeated look carried over to the second fight, and then eventually to the third fight. Now the third fight, he came out and really fought like a champion. You have to give him credit because he fought yeah. his ass off in that fight, but he just was not enough. Tyson Fury is just a better man, brother. And so Tyson, nothing to be said bad about that. Tyson Fury is just quite a man. Tyson Fury, uh, phenomenal job, and. Yeah. Uh, Dude, whatever you do next, man, come over to MMA. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> it. There was some there was some rumblings about that a little while. Dude, he, he was, was training with uh, Darren Till. He was fucking he around with Darren Till. Money. He ain't gonna do fucking nah, MMA. He, he makes too much goddamn. He probably made what he probably make fucking fifty, sixty million dollars. He throws right one kick. No, but he throws one kick and he finds out he's a champion level kickboxer. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, oh, I'm good at this too. <laughs> Just yeah. go watch some MMA events. Go, go right. shake hands. Get paid I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Tank's running a little low, and we do Let's have one huge thing, thing we got to talk Let's about. Let's so, talk about it. We still got 10 minutes left, 15 minutes So left. Pride of Florida, Fight Sports, had a really great weekend. Uh, Cyborg won a pretty big match, and everyone's real happy about it because age is just a number. He's nearly 50. And he's winning this big tournament. And <laughs> 40, 40, not 50. 40, 50, yeah, sorry. 40. He yeah. looks old. I'm just going to I'm, I'm nearly 50. He's only 40. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts uh, on this, Kev? <laughs> so, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm not in a very good place tonight either, so I hope I don't fucking turn this into a goddamn nuclear explosion. But <laughs> I'm going to try to take Oh, no, that'd be bad. Yeah, I know. I'm going try to try to take a deep breath and get my, my mind straight about this. Yeah. You know, first of all, like, congratulations to everyone that competed at the Worlds this weekend. It's a great event, and I'm very happy for everyone that competed and did well. You know, and I'm actually not even disturbed – by the fact that the fight sports team did well. Like, I'm, I don't care about that. Like, I really am not upset with any of those guys for competing. I know a bunch of the guys compete under the Donino, under the fight sports thing. Donino's amazing. You know, he's a master's competitor. Cyborg, amazing jujitsu. You know, all the other guys that went out there and did well did fight under them and fighter's choice and all the other, other people that have fight sport affiliations that went out there when my buddy Rob Schaefer won a purple belt world championship. Um, 
Rob Schaefer is so so jacked. Like I just uh, having met him. Yeah, he's and, awesome. And he's I, I did. I trained with him, really cool, rolled with him. He's so jacked. He's a monster, monster. He's got a crazy story too. I'd love to have him on the podcast. Oh, the financial, like going from Wall Street to just being a maniac. He has led a really fucking amazing life, and he's a really cool guy. It's just, I can't help but like think about the complete and total disregard and the complete and total lack of compassion towards the entirety of the jiu-jitsu world that will forget the fact that fight sports is 100% culpable in the assistance of a pedophile to leave our country. And, and it's, it is hidden and it's shuffled beneath the rugs. And not only that, like their complete and total disregard for caring for a young child that was molested under their banner and, you know, statutory raped under their banner. And not only that, there's tons of videos of Cyborg and Victor Hugo almost throwing it in our faces and saying that we are just a bunch of haters because we even deem it responsible to mention the fact that they did these things, which they 100% fucking did. They 100% helped Marcelo Concalves, whether they did it, whether they paid for his fucking legal fees, whether they fucking shipped him out of the fucking country, because I think they fucking did, but that's not beside the point. I can't fucking say anything and I can't fucking prove it. But it's pretty fucking obvious. Right? Looking at the fucking paper trail. It's pretty fucking obvious. Right? Yeah. These guys, and I hate to fucking say this, and it makes me fucking sick to my fucking stomach. These fucking guys, not only, like, if they were fucking smart, they would sheepishly say, yay. <laughs> if Cyborg, like, Cyborg. Cyborg, like, just for reference, Cyborg made, I don't want to share it, like, because I don't want to, like, show, show it on screen and just give him and his, like, seven, like, holding up the seven for his seven, like, uh, Nogi Worlds. I don't want to give him any more FaceTime, but he just made this super long hoity-toity like post about like endurance and mental toughness and what it takes to win and be a champion. The hard times. And UFC, UFC fighters, champion level grapplers, like verified accounts and like famous people in our in our community, all in the comments saying you're a monster, you're a legend. Oh, dude, you're so cool! Like thousands of likes. Like no one, no one gives a shit. He 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 released some band aid uh, changes to policy that should have been there from the beginning with fight sports. Uh, it was just one hundred percent PR move. No one, yeah, did, just, they don't give a fuck. They don't. They don't know. Give, what, what did I say? This is one of my like. Don't count this. Whole... If they gave a fuck, Marcel would still be in the country. Yeah, you know they, that, that whole that whole thing. Allegedly, I, allegedly, they this might is have. My alleged... favorite thing to say. I talk about. I I say this a lot. I wanted to write. I wanted to put this in my article one winter. That whole thing about the the like we have a a, a new new board of directors that's going to look into sexual abuse charges. You know what it looks like to me? Like in Derek Zoolander in the movie Zoolander when they, when they, <laughs> who when read they the came ch- out. Foundation for Children Who Don't Read Good. Yeah, the, 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 the foundation for children that can't read so good. It's just, it's just a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. 
And these guys are laughing in our fucking faces and sh telling us all we're fucks. When regardless, no matter what, this is what pisses me off. Who, if they didn't help him get out of the country, if they didn't pay his legal fees, that's all cool, man. They 100 fucking percent, no doubt in my fucking mind, don't give a shit. And they think that Marcel did absolutely nothing fucking wrong. And they still to this day have not called the little girl that was molested, have not done anything to help her whatsoever. Not only have they done that, they convinced the entirety of the fight sports community that she was the fucking blame. And I'm fucking sick of it. I'm fucking disgusted. I watch it every fucking day and I turn on fucking Instagram and I don't give a shit because I'm not a fight sports fucking hater because I used to like you fucking guys. I put up with the shit. I call, I went to your fucking camps and I talked to you people and I was nice to everybody because in my mind, I was like, you know what? It's fucked up and they're looking after their boy, but at least he's going to go to fucking jail. At least he's going to go do what? Two fucking years for statutory rape. And then he's going to get shipped out of your boy. Can't do two fucking years. He's that fucking soft. You got to go through all this shit. It's, it's a fucking disgusting thing. And it makes me fucking angry, man. Cause I'm not Mo. I'm not Mo Jassim. I don't have a bone to pick with you fucking guys. I'm just Kevin Gallagher from Tampa, Florida that gives a fuck about jujitsu and cares about a fucking little girl that got fucking abused, you fucks. That's what I'm fucking mad about. And now the jujitsu world just forgets about it like it's no big fucking deal. It's fucking disgusting. Every time I see another fucking fighter that gets signed to fucking fighter's choice, I'm fucking mad about it. It's more bullshit that's destroying what I love, the sport of fucking jiu-jitsu. And I'm sorry. I apologize. I got a little heated up. No. Let me tone it down a little bit. No. I hope I, 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 nothing is, I said is wrong, by unfortunately, the way. Unfortunately, not verifiable. Unfortunately, it, it, is a it is a consequence. Un abuse has happened in every major sport, but I feel that the, the shit that gets done here is so brazen and so obviously uh it, it it's so it's just so out in the open you know and, it's so and no one cares yeah no it's it's such a small niche uh sport you know it, it's a it's more a hobby than it is a sport for most people uh, you know, most people think of martial arts in general as a hobby. It's like a thing you do to unwind and like to maybe better yourself. It's you're you're not thinking of going pro. You're not. You're you're no. thinking of this is just gonna be something that enhances my life. You know, you pick up a baseball bat, you you lace up some Jordans. You know, you're 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 in the back of your mind. You're like, oh, NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL. Like like there's a a maximum level that you could do this where you're a god. And I, I'm sorry, jujitsu athletes, but I, in in those major sports, nothing, nothing about this would be right. It's not like there's any difference. But I think that the insecurity of, of the fact that people are training all the time to, to do something at the highest level and so few people really give a shit Maybe that that lead that can, helps contribute to this. Like, well, I gotta be super controlling and fucked up. Where I gotta I gotta ruin someone else's experience. I've gotta corrupt and 
I have I have no it's, idea. It's not it's, even. It's really. Like, it's, it's it's like they're going on the offensive, Kev, and that's the fucked up part. They're not just saying if they just God, it's so fucking infuriating. If they just fucking said we are fucking sorry. You know what we sucks? Don't, this isn't about haters. No one's fucking hating on you. I love your jujitsu. Congratulations. You guys are awesome at fucking jujitsu. We'd love to talk about Cyborg's good jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, you're horrible fucking human beings. Yeah. And you're fucking thugs that are looking in the face of everyone else and t- trying to convince us that you did nothing wrong because you're trying to convince yourself that you did nothing wrong. Woody Allen made some really great funny movies, but if if you talk about Woody Allen and all you talk about are some of the movies he's made that you really like and that's it, people are going to start to to wonder where your priorities are cuz hey, you know, he did some really fucked up shit, you know? Maybe you should talk about that. Oh, uh, Brett Weinstein was a phenomenal. He's a phenomenal producer. You know, he's got some of the best movies ever. You know, he's helped produce, helped help getting made. Yes, but you know, you got to talk about the other thing too, right? The 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 more important thing that this is the something that this is what they don't understand that the shit that's happened behind the scenes that's been brought to light the abuses they're more important than jujitsu they always will be they're more important than any sport any physical achievement any athletic endeavor any any accolade it's more important than that and it should be you know we, we shouldn't be arguing like oh can't we just talk about his jiu-jitsu can we talk about how good his foot sweeps are no no we can't do that uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't yeah, just, be so in love with uh, a sport or a discipline that you're just going to turn a blind eye to like horrible abuses uh, horrible tragedies that that will stay with people forever. I just, I can't, I can't even, I can't even, I'm just so angry, Kevin. I just yeah. can't. Every time I see fight sports people, like they're the, they were, Fighter's Choice was the premier uh, sponsor for the We Defy organization gala. It yeah. disgusts me. Cyborg was there standing next to the We Defy people taking pictures. I see it on Instagram. Like they're doing all of these things for PR to cover up the fact that they still have not done anything to help the little fucking girl. Their lawyers are probably really in their ear telling them not to do that. You know, I, I, I think I, with hope, the, <laughs> I don't I, care, Kev. I don't care anymore. I hope the fucking Christ that this, I hope that things come out and I hope that I heard some stuff about New York times articles and all those other things like that. I hope they're true. And I hope that they dig deep and they find out, where all the money's coming from and everything pieces together and they fucking sink this fucking ship. Because I'm fucking sick of seeing it, man. Because they're yeah. fucking assholes. All you had to do was apologize and come fucking clean and do the right thing. And you haven't fucking done that yet. Because you don't give a fuck. And you just say, we were, we already did it. Why, why do we keep talking about this? Because it's not fucking done yet. Yeah. It's... All right, I'm tired. They helped contribute to... They helped contribute to some little girl getting molested. And... You sh- you shouldn't care about how good someone is at jujitsu. Yeah, uh, how good you are at a jujitsu at a fucking game isn't important anymore. No one gives a shit. Yeah, that's no one gives a fuck <laughs> if you're if you're if you're if you're donating money 
to the We Defy organization. That's very nice, very charitable. Thank you very much. You're still a piece of shit. I gotta. Add, I know we gotta get wrap, wrap it up, but I gotta ask. So as as the guy in Florida, a, a big name guy with a school in the same state as all the shit that's happening. Has their position in Florida jiu-jitsu changed at all? Are they still Not held really. in the same it's, They're still held in the same regard like yeah, oh man, it's unfortunate because the new cycle is already has already gone through. No one cares anymore. They're already won the world. It's just that was the that story was was hot for uh 2 3 weeks and then it just cycled back through again and we all fucking forgot. And that's just how it works. And that's the unfortunate piece of it. And I'm here to try to make sure that we don't forget it. I reposted the story to my facebook page again that i yeah. wrote a couple of months ago or whatever how long ago it was and i'm now after the worlds we're doing this podcast and i hope it gets some coverage because eventually it'll just blow over again and no one will give a shit again but i just can't live with it i you gotta be on the record apart. something there's something to be said about being on the record just saying like i tried I'm to get people record. to remember i'm this. on the record with it and my goddamn moral compass will not allow me to forget it because every time i see it i just get fucking mad and I can't not be angry about it anymore. And I can't not say anything about it anymore. It's not the way I was fucking raised. And unfortunately, unfortunately, if if this story does not continue to fill you with a lot of really strong feelings, I would ask that you you maybe I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell just because I'm not in the in the mood for that right now. I yell a lot, but. I would just want you to look at yourself and look at your priorities and what you think is important and maybe see if that's where you want to be. Cause uh, listen, you can change. I, I, I have to believe that the people out there, most of them that are in the paint defending cyborg, they're just in a bad spot and they, they want to like things. They want to have this hobby of theirs be perfect and nice and cyborg is just really good at jujitsu I I get where you're coming from, and I get that the world sucks, and it sucks that this little hobby has to also suck sometimes, but that's the way it is. But uh, you know, it we're sucks. here for you. It, it sucks. No it's not one, good. No one. This is not a fight. I don't care. I don't want to fight. And you guys yeah. should. You the, the, the fight sports people. You shouldn't be thinking of this as a fight. You should be listening to what we're saying, and doing something about it instead of bullshit. And yeah. that's what's happening. It's just bullshit. It's all bullshit. And thankfully, there are there are people in the in the culture that are helping. You know, that are helping to keep the 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 word alive about the shit going on. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's about it. All right, man. I love you, homie. <laughs> All right. I'll well, see you, that is that is it for this episode of Stuck in K Guard. Obviously, a little bit of a somber note to end on, but hey, look, there are good people out there doing this sport. And hey, Kev, you, real they, quick. they make themselves known. Nice hat. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> go, go oh uh, man. All right. Well, uh, obviously, a few quick plugs. Uh, go check the Uncle Coach Kevin blog. Uh, link in the description. Oh, thanks, see. thanks uh, to Chris Noonan for providing the beats. He is the beat master for most of the stuff we do here on Under Pressure TV. So check out his Spotify down below. Uh, audio versions of this podcast down below. Go share them, like them, retweet them. 
If you like the stuff we do here, please uh, give us a like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, let you know when all of our stuff is going live and we're going to be putting out more stuff, more content. If you have anything you'd love to see, drop us a comment down below. Uh, don't be a dick in the comments. Any fight sports fans, just steer clear because you're, you're not. You're, this isn't bring, for you. Bring it. I don't, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Fucking bring it. Bring, yeah, bring, no. Fucking bring it. You know what? Honestly, every time you click, we get more fucking whatever. Yeah. Our, our, our POS goes up or whatever the fucking number is. One of, so one of the hosts on this show has thrown right. too many people out of bars in Florida to give a shit about what thank, you have Thanks to say. for the engagements. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and that's about it. And we will see you the next time you find yourself stuck in K-Guard. Good night.